Good day. Uh, so, yes, welcome to Lee Yarbrough, Propel HR in South Carolina. And Lee, when I first decided to do a uh, podcast, I think you were the first person I thought of. It's like, this is, you know, this is the person that I want on this thing. This, this is Thank great. You, so, so uh, yeah, just so much. And and obviously, uh, you know, you and I have spent so much time together and you were chair for a year where we had to do a lot of different stuff and you helped us through all that stuff. And I always said, uh, you know, you're you're the brains, but you're also the heart of this organization and have been for, for so long. And I've been here 12 years. I've, you've been on the board 11, or were on the board 11 of those 12 years, right? Wow. Okay. I, I know. You're, you were 20 years old when I started. <laughs> it's great. So the thing is, um, and it's funny, I was looking back at the March 21 uh, edition of The Insider, where we interviewed all the uh, women board members. And it was so interesting. And I was rereading your part about your sixth grade teacher, right? Oh, yes. Okay. I forgot what I wrote, but yes, I, I remember that. Yes. So what, I remember my she, sixth what, grade teacher. What did she, she tell you? Teacher. What'd she tell you? She told me not to worry about math because, because women didn't need to worry about that. Girls needed to focus on English and history. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what we were good at. You do any math today? I do. I, I do a lot of math, but, <laughs> um, but I still, and I, um, but that still sits with you as a child. There's words that that girls are better at English and boys are better at math. It stays with you. And um, I will say that math is a place in my head that I say that I'm weak at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wonder how much of that was that teacher's thoughts to you know that shaped me, or and how much is really, you know, am I really weak at that? Yeah. So, I mean, you have somebody who's an authority figure who you trust and respect at a young age, sixth grade, tell you this. You're like, well, they must be right. You know what I mean? And it sticks with you, you know? So, okay, we fast forward. You go to Vanderbilt, uh, pretty pretty damn good school. So that that says something. You go to Vanderbilt, and then you end up in the business. So what's that like? You're 25, and you're working with your dad. So what, what was that experience like? I do. Have, can I tell a funny Vanderbilt story? About yeah, that? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I did get into Vanderbilt. And I'm very proud of that fact. Yeah. But, um, but I was much stronger at English in the, on my SAT, I had my verbal scores were much higher than my math scores. So my sophomore or junior year, I got a, a call from the psychology department and they were doing some testing and wanted to me to um, to participate in one of their psychology experiments. And they would pay me, you know, $50 or something that just sounded like, you know, an immense amount of money at that time. So I, you know, said, sign me up. And I got there and it, I had to sit in a room and I had to do advanced math problems. And they had, they had electrodes on me and they had a microphone and they had a camera and I had one piece of paper and I, that I could use as my scratch pad. And they wanted me to be talking about how I was feeling while I was, <laughs> I was performing these math problems. And it was so stressful. And so, and every now and then, if I didn't speak, I would hear this voice of God come out and it would say, 
tell us how you're feeling at this moment as you're as you're solving this problem. So I would have to say, well, I'm feeling very nervous and I'm really curious. So um, after, and then I had to come back a week later and watch the video of me um, performing math problems. And I had to, again, tell them how I felt during that moment um, before I could get my $50 check. So, um, and so at the end, I said, why did you pick me? And so they did tell me that they looked at SAT scores and they chose the people that were, you know, really, you know, I was very much higher in, in English. So it was, it was very interesting. So that math thing has, has followed me for a while. Right. So right. I'm still blame that teacher, right. but I there, know. There's some truth to that teacher. Too. I know. All I can tell you is if they had uh, electrodes on my head, when I was doing math, there would have been a flat <laughs> line, just a flat line. Cause I'd be like, what the hell am I looking at? I don't I know. know what to say. <laughs> it was awful. I mean, I still get like stressed even reliving <laughs> that story. <laughs> So you go not not to work for Propel. You went to work for your dad's company. It wasn't Propel, right? Yes, right? that's correct. I had thought about after college, trying to decide if I wanted to teach or go to law school or what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to check off the business um, box and really just say, okay, I tried it for a few weeks. Check. Let's move on. So my dad had a business. He was a consummate entrepreneur. So I really didn't quite know what he was doing at that time. I knew he had this business, but I didn't know what it did. So I um, talked to him if, to see if I could um, work for him. And he interviewed me. And then so I started selling for him. And he owned a South Carolina division of, of a regional PEO. And so I, I sold for him for a year. And then he sold that business to a larger player and um and so then he, we, there was one client they did not take, which was a staffing company. And so we didn't want to leave that client. So the two of us started what is now Propel HR um, together. And um, and so it, it's, and that's how that's we started great. it. So that's it was fun. So what were the early days like? So at this point you were whatever, you weren't 30 yet. Right, um, I was not 30 yet. So yeah, what were those early days like, I'm sure there were a lot of women in the business, et cetera. And <laughs> well, I do remember that at the, that when we decided to start it, one of the first things my dad said was, okay, you get the um, FEIN and, um, and I'm going to go to the golf course. And he <laughs> left and I didn't even know how to get an FEIN. And that was the days when you had to call and sit on the phone for three hours to, with the IRS to wait until they, you know, got you, and then they would give you your your ID number over the right. phone. And there was no so, Google, right? You couldn't Google. Google. Yes, yeah, right. yes, we did right. that. Yes, that was. Yes, thank you. You yeah. aged me, right. but yes, we did not. Um, that was not even an option. We would have had to do a pa paper form. I guess you could do, but you would have probably mailed it. I mean, we had fax machines, but <laughs> but at that, I don't know if the IRS had fax machines because they they just got them. Still do, yeah. Um, so, um, so, but yes, yeah, so I, so I learned, uh, um, really quickly and my, my father, I think people who have been in business with, with family, I, I feel very blessed because my father allowed me to, um, he allowed me freedom to, to fail and freedom to succeed and didn't try to micromanage me. 
Um, at times I would have preferred maybe he would be there, but there were times I would sometimes call him at the golf course. And, um, and, and even then we didn't really have cell phones. I don't, I mean, I guess he had a cell phone, but he would never have taken it in onto a golf course, but I would call the pro shop and say, could you try to help my father? <laughs> so, um, so, or the men's grill, but, um, so, so it was a, it was a wonderful experience where I got to six, um, I got to succeed. And like I said, I also got to fail plenty mm-hmm. and I knew that I had a, a, a safety backup and an early experience when I was in my late twenties was, um, right after we started, I was in a conference room with all these men, um, you know, all these older men sit in then me and my father, and they were selling insurance. I guess it was probably workers' comp at that time. And they were all directing everything towards him. And he finally just stopped them in the middle and said, I don't know who you're talking to, because I'm not going to make this decision. She's the president of the company, and she's going to make this decision. So you may as well start talking to her. And they all turned, and they all started looking at me. (laughs) And um, part of me wanted to jump under the table at that moment because I didn't really know what I was talking about but that was a that was a pivotal moment that I remember clearly that um you know that was very a gift for my father's how I like to think of it yeah yeah it's so funny because I've, I've heard you tell that story before that it really did stick with you it was sort of a pivotal moment it right? it's it like did. Talk to her, right? And and it's so it's funny. I mean, you know, uh, uh, this is about you, not about me, but it's all about me. You know, my daughter Maggie, right? Who you know is a prosecutor, but even still, in 2023, in most of her meetings, it's all men, and they'll say to her, "Are you the court clerk?" Like, no, I'm the prosecutor, <laughs> right? It just it's so unbelievable. But you know, how many years ago that sticks with you, right? Yeah, uh, which has been such a thing. So yeah, I want to talk about other stuff, but you just said a really interesting thing. Uh, which is uh, heresy to a lot of people, freedom to fail. So talk about that. Well, I mean, I think I think to run a business, to be a leader, you have to be vulnerable to fail. And um, I think we try to pretend that we don't fail, but we do fail every single day. And, um, you know, so I, I think that's a really hard thing. I do think with age, I've gotten better at accepting my failures, where probably when it's easy for me to look back and say I had that freedom to fail. But in that moment, when you're in your late 20s and early 30s, you're you're such an I'm proving myself mode that you mm-hmm. don't always um, look at it in that way. You mm-hmm. know? But now with my age, I can see. Mm-hmm. I can look back and see, you know, what what a gift that I was given that I had a, had a safe place to fail to because my father was there mm-hmm. to protect me. So I will say I had a, a privileged place of the, of the ability to fail um, because he would always be there to to catch me. And so I knew that, and and he knew that, which allowed me to maybe take some different chances that I probably wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And but and but then again, too, my like I said, my father was a consummate entrepreneur so he thrived in that in that space yeah. of of success and failure he loved that that risk i am um i am a little bit more conservative on mm-hmm. on my risk taking so um so we worked well together yeah 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 but so it's interesting cuz i was thinking not just about your 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 uh freedom to fail but your troops 
So is that the culture? And if so, how? And how do people know how far they can go, right? It's because it, presumably it's for your your people, your team, there's freedom to fail as well. I mean, do you project that to them also? And I hope I do. I, you know, I, I hope I do, Pat. I, I don't know if everyone would say that, <laughs> but I think that what I try to project most of all is that I always have your back. Mm-hmm. So if you make a mistake, I, I kind of believe in the philosophy too. If you make a mistake, own up to it. Yeah. And we yeah. will, I will have your back for the rest of my life. Yes. And because, the, and, I, and I do try to say mistakes will happen. And so I think that we're, we're measured by how we solve mistakes mm-hmm. and how we solve our problems as opposed to whether we don't make mistakes at all. So yeah. I, um, I, um, so I think that I, I think that I project a feeling to our team that uh, that I have their backs. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, as the company has grown, as we've had more internal employees, we have you know more levels of management. So mm. yeah. so that adds in a you know a um, you know an additional layer in there. Um, but but I definitely project that I will help solve a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if mistakes happen, you know, come to me. It's, it's, let's just, let's figure it out because I got your back. Yep. 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 It's great. I, I was saying the same thing. It's like contrition goes a long way with me, right? Yep. If somebody yep. messes up and they're like, I'm really sorry. Like, don't worry about it. Let's go. If somebody yep. messes up and they're like, Hey, it's no big deal. Er. Like, yeah, yep. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I I definitely feel that too, because it's like, it's like, own up to it. And let's, and pointing, I don't like pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't say, well, it really wasn't me. It was the client or it was the software. You know, I mean, we all contribute. So yep. let's just, let's just deal with it. Yes. Yes. And, I, and I'm not a person that holds grudges. So I don't, I don't think about, I'm not remembering mistakes that people made in the past. Let's just deal with what we got to today and move yep. on. Yep. Yep. It's very funny when I, when I got to Napio, it was a longer story, but there was, you know, there were a lot of institutional grudges, you know, mm-hmm. and I told people I'm Irish. I have enough grudges. I can't take <laughs> on anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I'm grudged out. I can't take on anymore. Um, so we, when you were chair, we did our strategic plan. <clears throat> There's a very important uh, plank in there of, of five, not of a thousand that talked about developing our next generation of leaders uh, and diversifying our leadership. And I mean, the change in our leadership, board, leadership councils, et cetera, since that moment is noticeable, right? And that is directly attributable to you. You were the chair that talked about it. Everybody instantly got on board and, and did it. So, uh, and we, it's not over, right? It's, it's, a, it's an iterative process. We keep working on it. We will keep working on it, but the trend is clear. So you are the godmother of win. <laughs> we just had another event yesterday. Every time we do it, we 200 people sign up for it. It's unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. As you know, uh, as people get used to Zoom and you know, kind of drift in and out of 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 uh, those sort those of those events. Um, you know, those things have just been home runs, like one after another after another. So uh, talk about win. You know uh, how it started, kind of your—it's your brainchild, and where it is, and where you see it going. You know. Well, thank, thank you, for, and thank you for your kind words, and I, I appreciate that. I, I have seen a, a change in, in um, the board, and, and as well as the the committee levels, and and um, and just participation in general has 
and you know it, it's changed some and so that is fun to see and I appreciate your your kind um kind words I think that I was there at the right time I was there to to kind of look at things a little bit differently I think it 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 was ready in your leadership as well helped um allow that to happen and and you you really got behind the idea so I appreciate you at when is is uh, it's it, my brainchild was to formalize it. Uh, you know, Wanda Silva got yeah. a bunch of us yeah. together years ago yeah. and said, let's try to start getting some yeah. women together at the conferences, just, you know, informally. And we we kind of started growing friendships. And as mm-hmm. it was an important thing um, for me, I have a lot of male friends, but I, but female friendships are very, very important and, and something that's a, um, a part of who I am and, and, and something that I place a lot of value and in, in intentionality too. So, you know, it, that was natural that I would find that at Napio. Um, a little harder to find. It took me many more years to yeah. find, to be honest. But as more women started coming into the, to the organizational level, it, um, it I started finding my people. So, um, so it kind of came just more naturally where I wanted it to be where I knew that it took me a longer time to find those women friends at Napio, I wanted to ease that transition. And I also knew from the future leader standpoint, you know, I was young when I got into this business and I was, you know, like I said, I was, I was given the title of president long before I earned that title. And, um, and so I, it was, I was in strange places and with, you know, older people and trying to figure my way out and not knowing what to do and speaking up and um and so you know so it, so it, I, it was a something that I felt like it was some, where I could contribute and I could give back because I've been in all those places and I have have needed that that sense of a of a group I I believe strongly in a tribe yeah. I have different tribes all over my <laughs> life and, and it's it they make me better yeah yeah. And to me, at the at the most basic level with Win, and you remember it, I, I remember it, and I remember meeting you, is like you, when you started, being in a room where you knew no one, mm-hmm. right? And that, that stuck with you, right? And to me, again, at the most basic level, Win has done that. Like, you know, the, 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 the women are coming into the industry, and it's that feeling, you know, walking into your high school cafeteria. It's that feeling. Right, that right. With it is, that's exactly horrible. what it is. It's horrible, right? And if nothing, you did that, like you blazed that trail, right? And it's funny. I remember in, in one of our original, um, I think the first uh, strategic plan we did, first or second, we added a thing about board orientation because of you. You were a new board member and you said to me, what? Like, what do I do? What 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 is this? What's expected of me? What's you know, like I, nobody had ever told you, nobody had ever told anybody, right? And so uh we started it. Now we do we do board orientation for every new board member, which is great. But it's that same thing. It's like it, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know anybody in the room, right? And uh and and uh I'm talking to Celeste, uh, uh she'll be doing a, a podcast episode okay. also. And to me, she's kind of like uh, exhibit A, right? As somebody that you saw out because she felt, you know, I don't say lost, but, you know, I'm, I'm alone in this room, right? And right. developed her along and she's on the board and she's chair of our state government affairs committee and she's a force. But I think Wynn has really done that 
right? Don't you think? I mean, do you feel that? Like in terms I, of I do. And you know, I think that it's interesting, kind of I love your 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 analogy to, to the high school lunchroom. Right, right. You know, I, I think as adults and especially as as leaders and as as career people, we don't want to admit that we have those feelings. Yeah. And so we put on this face and we, you know, act really tough and we, you know, intellectualize things and say, well, we know the answer to this pseudo problem. And, you know, and we we kind of act more important than we really feel on the inside. Yeah. But um, but you know, it at the conference and stuff, people you you notice that people are are might be off to the corner or that you know so it so it and you are very gregarious and are always you bring people into your your mm-hmm. orbit but um but not everyone has that gift yeah and so i think there has to be um as the organization has to be intentional about making sure that the wallflowers we bringing them out into into the center so that they can get it and so i think win is just one of the vehicles to do that i think yeah. next gen can do that yeah. and i um, mean you know, i think there's ways I, I do think sometimes the zooms have helped bring that about in ways that we it kind of would have laughed at a few years ago yeah yeah absolutely yeah and i was going to get to next gen which was the other piece of it is next gen like getting the next generation of young people involved in this space. And uh, while <laughs> while your motives were altruistic, mine weren't, because I was thinking they're the people that our, my, you know, our dues invoice is going to land on their desk someday. Exactly. Right? So, like, I want them in the fold. Again, you were much more altruistic about trying to help them and nurture them. But I was thinking, like, this is a great group to get involved. And that's really work you know i always say when i walk into the next gen events the average age doubles you know when i walk <laughs> in and when i leave it goes back to where it was but same thing i mean uh yeah and I, so i don't know what your thoughts are about next gen but i mean to me that's done the same thing it wasn't as altruistic as you think because i agree <laughs> there are future leaders so we've got to have all of the all of the napio members need a group of people that can can have careers and can can really be nobody is in high school right now saying I want to own a PEO or I want to be a a payroll manager. So, you know, so we've got to bring people in to, to get excited about what we do Mm -hmm. and to learn more about it. So I think anything that we can do as an industry to, to, to create careers and development and leadership in our industry is, is key um, you know, we compete with so many different industries. So, so we've got to stand out in different ways. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think next gen can help promote that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a good career and you can make money at this thing. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard. Depends <laughs> on the day, I think. <laughs> so, you know, let me ask you, it's interesting again, on the wind thread, if you, if you're willing to talk about it, that, that professionally that's engendered some groups hasn't it? Like, aren't there groups of some PEOs and some other women owners that you guys are, or that you're in touch with in terms of the issues that you face? Again, if you want to talk about it, because I know you guys Absolutely. have, have talked about it. Absolutely. Yeah. We have, um, I, you know, I have groups that, that get together. We we're trying to travel together now and, um, you know, call each other and text chain each other and, 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 you know, say, oh, I'm struggling with this, you know, I mean, um, Celeste's example, I think I emailed her a few weeks ago and said, how does this work in Arizona? We've just, you know, gone into the state of Arizona. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so immediately able to, to get some information from her, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so, so I do feel like there's that comfort level of being able to, to have conversations and ask questions because my job can be very lonely, Um, you know, and so to have like-minded people and, and it's not just females too. I have great guy friends and, um, you know, Steve Fleetus, I, I asked him something last week about how, how does his company handle leave management? And he said, do you want to talk to the, to the person who does that? Let me set up a call for you. You know, so, so Napio in general has created places to allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that when can, can be a, a entry place to, to develop deeper friendships, which can then extend beyond when it can yep. extend to the whole Napier, um membership. Yeah. I'm still shocked that Politis was helpful. So <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully he won't hear this. Uh, no, no, I love him. We all love Politis, but he's a New Yorker, you know. Uh, okay. He's so, one of the most helpful of all. So I will say. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm going to have to let that sink <laughs> in for a little bit. <laughs> I love Politis. He will listen to this and They'll call me. Um, so it's interesting. Let me uh, switch to business, but related is, um, and I know you've mentioned this before. I wonder, you know, just off the top of your head, pre-pandemic to post-pandemic, how many states propel us in, right? Weren't you in like X and now 2X or like, how has that changed? Because I know that's one of the things that you've talked to the group about and you and I have talked about in terms of facing that. So how has that changed Propel, right? You were a South Carolina company. I mean, obviously you were in other states, but like, how has that changed and what's what's the effect of that? So we were, um, we were pre-pandemic, we were in 14 states for our PEO. Mm-hmm. We are now in um, 47 states. Whoa. Yes. So, so it has been, um, it has been dramatic how the change and um it and it, it, some it, it clients are you know they've also experienced this where they might have one or two people here and one or two people there and so their our our reach as as a peo has tra- changed as well where we're really able to um so as as a company, all of our client companies are just having this, they're going into so many states and they don't know what to do. And so yeah. I think a PEO is a perfect solution now, but it's also been a growth time for us to learn how to maneuver it. You know, the the smaller PEOs like myself, we've had to, to grow. We've had to get together our resources and learn how to do this alongside of our clients. We just yeah. maybe act like we know what we're doing a little bit better, but um <laughs> But, you know, so it has given, I think all the PEOs out there are in the place where we are of, of, of understanding this, this environment that changed so dramatically since COVID. And it's given us an opportunity. I feel like everything in my career, like when um, Affordable Care Act came, yeah. you know, it was an opportunity for us instead, yeah. of, instead of this thing that was going to kill our business. I mean, it, it seems like everything like that has, that has happened has been an opportunity. This is an opportunity for us to grow as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to, of looking at it. And you know, we see these, um, you know, these uh, man, mandated state retirement plans, right? Right. Some folks, you know, don't like the mandates, but it's like, this is business. If, if you want to comply with that in California, get a PEO, boom, you're 
you're in compliance, right? It just, it, to your point, it's an opportunity, right? It and is. So it's a, it is. It is can be a stressful opportunity, but it is an opportunity. And so trying to see that that's a problem. How do we solve it? How do we work for it? And then going forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what's, uh, I guess that leads into what, what's the outlook for the industry, right? You know, I'm like uh, blindly bullish, but what's the outlook and what are the headwinds, I guess? Like what's the outlook and what's what are we up against? Well, I, we are here to stay. I mean, I, and 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 we're going to thrive. We're going to grow. Um, I think as PEOs, it, we. I think that I was in a meeting just the other day with our team, and I said, you know, our our biggest competition a few years ago was educating prospects on what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, our biggest competition is other competitors. Yeah, and yeah. so you know, we, we're having, which is a wonderful thing. We're not having to start at ground zero and say, yeah. what does a PEO do? Yeah. Um, but we have to sharpen our tools and make sure that we are, we are, you know, in that competitive state and that we're always thinking and trying to improve. Yeah. Um, the compliance is, um, is issues and the regulations is, is overwhelming at times. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that that just adds so much more value to, to NAPIO and that we have to use resources like NAPIO um, to, to learn and to stay on the, on the top of our game. Um, and by but, the way, when you say, when you say competition, is it from PEOs or from other HR people in the HR space or all the above? All of the above, but we are really, and, and maybe, and we're really seeing more competition from PEOs. So I, mm-hmm. so I think that is our greatest competitor now. We're, you know, a, a year or so ago, I probably would have said, you know, payroll providers. Or, yeah. um, so, no, really, it's, it's, I feel like the PEO market has, the growth has happened. And so, um, you know, and we're seeing it. So yeah. we've also elevated our space internally of, of, the, of the clients that we're going after as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so which may have have that may have come organically as well too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what are our biggest headwinds? Is it competition, or what are the biggest threats? To, I get asked that question all the time. I'm not sure I have a good answer, but what's the? What the I think that answer depends on the day. Um, but <laughs> you know, I think that I think our biggest our biggest challenges are keeping up with the compliance and keeping up with making sure that I think the government affairs and the PAC committee, things like that are so important because making sure that we're not forgotten. Mm -hmm. I feel like there were so many rules that came out of COVID in a reaction that had not been thought through of how that would impact. And that impact is falling on us and falling on small businesses. And, um, and so it, we need to make sure that we're on the the front of that mm-hmm. and that we're not having to react. Yeah. And uh, I think this ERTC is a, a great example of that. So I think that is our, that's our biggest challenge mm-hmm. is to make sure that we are at the table and we are being considered. And um, because this model is not going anywhere, we are yeah. a solution to so many businesses yeah. out there. So what can we do to make sure that we can be be that solution and really help, you know, help the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth Peretta has said to me, this industry has reinvented itself a dozen times, right? We just, because we're there and we just move. Whatever happens, we just move with it and remain relevant and, and valuable, right? That's that's the thing. 
Um, so, okay, so what would be your advice to a, there's still a bunch of PEO startups out there and some new Lee Yarborough who's bad at math, who just graduated from Vandy and getting in the business. What, what would be your advice? Oh, well, I think this is a wonderful industry. If you want to constantly learn, mm -hmm. if you want to come in every day and you think you've seen it all, you'll come in the next day and, and you realize you haven't. Um, <laughs> I think it's, you know, I, I, I do like to say, and maybe I'm a, I'm a fan of a liberal arts education, but um, I have applied, like when I tell people I'm a history major, they think they kind of laugh and, you know, it's like, what are you doing here? But I'm applying everything I did from college. I'm researching, I'm studying, I'm reading and I'm writing. And so, and I'm communicating. So I'm, I'm doing all that I, all that I went to school for, um, and I'm doing a lot more math than I than I really went to school for. But um, but I do think that advice I would give. Wow, well, um, I, I think lean on others, find your friends so that you can ask questions, find your tribe, mm -hmm. and, um, and and don't be scared to fail, mm -hmm. and and then just just. Think about the value that you provide every day. Mm -hmm. I think that when we think, if we strip everything away and we, and I say this to our team a lot, especially during the really stressful times, the year end, the quarter ends, but you know, our, that health insurance that we're selling, that's somebody's, that's somebody's baby in a hospital. You know, your 401k, somebody's dream vacation at the at their end of their retirement. You know, the payroll is is paying that mortgage. If we mess up on that payroll, somebody's mortgage could fall through. So all these things are are so important. And so I think just don't forget why we do what we do, because it's people at the at the end of all of this. It's just the people. That's so great. That's so great. So I should end there, but I'm not going to because I always ask what's something we don't know about you, but I'm going to change that a little bit and say, tell us about the girls. So we'll skip Hubert because everybody wants to be Hubert. I'm friends with Hubert on Facebook and he lives this fantastic life. And my life is so boring compared to his. He hiked the Appalachian Trail. He's just the man. Uh, tell us about the girls. The girls are great. Um, I have a 16, have two girls, so 16-year-old soccer player who's um, who's thriving in life and wants to be in business. So, as you know, someday she could she could run Propel. Mm -hmm. And she's really good at math, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, and we tell her that all the time. And um, and then my oldest is in is in England. She will graduate from the University of Leeds over there this year in fashion marketing. So she's going to travel a little bit, and then she's going to settle down in London, at least for the time being. Wow. But she loves it. She's living her best life. I don't know where, I don't know what I did. Like, you know, <laughs> people think Nashville's fun now, but it, I don't know about then. I should have been off tromping around Europe, <laughs> but um, it, it's, they are gifts to us. And um, I feel blessed that we're able to help them have a life that they can, yeah. can be free to go explore and, and give them wings. So. Yep. And I cannot believe she's graduating already. That's right. That's it seemed like just yesterday she started over there and you went over. Well, they do. It's a three-year program. So okay. their college is a little different than ours. Okay. So it was three years. So it, it is a little bit less than, than if she had been here. But Still, it flew by though. There's no doubt about it. It did. 
It really did. So Lee, thank you so much for being available to do this and uh, you, to, to walk into this uncertain space and say, what, what on earth is this guy going to ask me? But uh, yeah, you didn't disappoint. This is so great. And uh, yes, you're the brains, but you've always been the heart of uh, the organization and of, of certainly my experience here. And I really am grateful. And uh, thanks for being part of this today. Well, thank you, Pat. I was a touch that you thought of me and um, I just just admire you and, and, and just am thankful for your friendship as well. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. 